Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives podcast. I am your host, Amy Diane Ross, wife, mother, Bible teacher, who's passionate to disciple women through life using the Word of God. On this podcast, we will use the Bible to discuss topics that we all face from emotional and mental struggles, married life, single life, physical health, and everything in between. If you are ready to live in victory in every area of your life while learning the Word of God, I'm here to help. The Bible really does have all the answers for life's crazy roller coaster ride, and I'm excited that you have chose me to ride along with you. It's Equipping the Saints Saturday. We talk all things Bible, theology, church history, Bible teachings. This is where we just go a little bit deeper. Enjoy. Oh, I'm so excited for this uh, short teaching. This is in our theology series of teachings. I love, love, love theology. And people think, oh, that's heady. That's, you know, pharisaical, too much knowledge. No, listen, let me tell you, theology is literally the study of God. That's what it means, the study of God. And so when we know proper theology and proper doctrine, it transforms forms your life. Trust me, it's amazing. There's so much beauty and freedom in knowing the word of God for yourself, knowing theology and doctrine, saying we got to go out and become theologians or become scholars, but the, the depth of your worship of who God is, is going to deepen as you continue to learn more about who he is. Trust me, absolutely has transformed my life learning doctrine and theology for myself. And so I am super excited. It's something I'm very passionate about. I love uh, talking to people about it, teaching people about it because it brings freedom. And you're going to find out why in this episode. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. All right. This is one of my, this is one of my favorite doctrines. I I love all the doctrines, but this is one of my favorite because it brings so much freedom to the believer. Okay. It's called the doctrine of imputation, the doctrine of imputation. Okay. So that imputation comes from the Latin word imputure, which means to reckon or to change to one's account. So what happened at the cross anyways, let's talk about it. All right. So, you know, when Adam sinned, here's the bad news. When Adam sinned, it plunged the whole world into sin and death. And we are all affected by that. Every single one of us. We have been born with the sin nature of Adam, what he did. And so we, of course, choose to sin as well, because that's the nature that we're born with. So we do the nature that we have. That's what we do. We sin. And so we are enemies of God. We are not holy. We are impure. We are imperfect. We sin and we grow in that sin. You know, as we, I talk about often, you know, when you're a baby, you know, you're cute and you're adorable, but you still sin, right? You don't have to teach a baby how to lie. You don't have to teach a baby how to, um, you know, throw fits. They naturally are very good at throwing fits when they don't get their way. They're naturally good at did you, you know, take cookie from the cookie jar? Why they got chocolate and crumbs all down their face? And they're like, no, I didn't do that. Because we don't have to teach them to lie. We have to teach them to tell the truth. 
right? Because it's just in them. It's in their, it's their, it's their very, they're born with this nature that's bent towards sin, you know? And so, and that just grows as they grow and it grows as we grow. And, um, you know, we no longer, you know, throwing ourselves down at the grocery store and we don't get the sucker that we want or the piece of candy or whatever, or the toy, you know, now we're in junior high, you know, experimenting with alcohol and, and looking at, uh, you know, porn or whatever. And so, you know, that sin nature, it separates us from God. It keeps us from fellowship with the creator who created us because he is a holy God. And so what Jesus did for us was he became the sin for us. Now he didn't become sin as in, he didn't take on a sin nature. Okay. That's a false theology that's out there. That's very popular. He literally took on our sin as in he paid our debt for the sin that we owed, for the debt that we owed because of our, our sin bank account. And so when we talk about imputation, it says here, remember, it says to change to one's account. And so I want to bring you some real freedom today. If you are truly born again, you have truly uh, put your faith in Jesus Christ. You believe that he is the the son of the living God, that he came, he died for your sins, that he rose three days later. You know, you believe in the the the, the triunity of God, the God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, one God operating in three separate and unique persons. If you believe that the shed blood of Jesus, that it is faith alone in Christ alone, not by any works, lest any man should boast. You know, if you really have put your whole being into the belief of who Jesus is, that he is God incarnate, that Jesus is fully God and he is also fully man. You believe this and you have put your, your faith in him. You've repented of your sins. You've asked for forgiveness. You said, man, I don't want to live like that anymore. I placed my faith in Christ and the finished work of the cross. And he has come and made a home in you. He has sealed you with his Holy Spirit. And you'll know because you will have a born again experience with him. I'm not talking about a once in a light. I'm not talking about like an instantaneous, though it does happen instantaneously, but not everyone always has like this coming to Jesus moment where they know like the day, the hour, and the second that they became born again. But what they do know is their life has been completely transformed. They have a new relationship with sin and they have a new relationship with God and with God's people. And so that's another uh, podcast episode where we can do, you know, kind of the evidence of salvation. But the tr so the, but if you are truly born again, you are sealed by God through his Holy Spirit that he came, made a home in you, he lives in you. Then this doctrine... Uh, is for you today, the imputation of Jesus Christ. So has Adam imputed his sin and his sin nature to us, making it to where we're all sinners? Christ on the cross imputed his righteousness and his holiness to you. He became, it's called the substitutionary atonement. He became the sacrificial lamb on your behalf. You're the one that should have been hanging on the cross. I'm the one that should have been hanging on the cross. My sins are what nailed him there. It's the it's the sin and what I did that is what should nail him to that cross, correct? Right? It's your sin. It's my sin. Okay. So on that cross 2,000 years ago, 
it says in Colossians that the whole letter of the law was nailed to the cross. The law that was against you, the law that you broke, you lied, you've stolen, you've committed adultery because if you've looked on a man or a woman with lust, you've committed adultery. You've committed murder in your heart. If you've ever hated anyone for any reason, you know, your worst enemy, then Jesus calls that murder of the heart. If you've ever taken the Lord's name in vain, if you've ever put anything before God, then you've committed idolatry. We have all broken all the Ten Commandments. I have a podcast, podcast episode called Why is Good Friday So Good? And I talk, I, I talk about the whole gospel and I give that scenario. So what happened was, I want you now, here's what I'm going to have you do. I want you to take a piece of paper and you can do this after the podcast episode and I'll actually give you guys some homework. So look in the show notes, I'll give you homework for this. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a sheet of paper and we're going to write down just all the sin that we can think of that we've done, you know, in our past or whatever. And this isn't no condemnation. You're, you're in Christ. There's no condemnation. This is just is an example of what God has done for you, sister. So write down, you know, man, I was a fornicator, idolater, idolater, I cussed, I smoked, I drank, I did drugs. I was this, I was that, I was whatever. You know, even yesterday I got really irritated with my husband or I uh, accidentally said a cuss word when I was really angry or I don't know, pick your whatever. I didn't love my neighbors myself. There you go. Because we all are not doing that perfectly. I didn't love the Lord God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength yesterday, yesterday of every second of every day right there. Okay, that that keeps us humble and needing the Lord every day of our life and the imputation, trust that. So I want you to write all that down. Okay, now let's think of Jesus. Oh my gosh, let's just think of him for a minute. Let's just take his, get out a piece of paper and think of what Jesus, who Jesus was, holy, majestic, the great I am, compassionate, loving, truth. He is God right? So he's holy. And, and Jesus, even in, in his humanness, did and said everything perfectly. So on his sheet of paper, like everything is just holiness and righteousness. He is truth. He is justice. He is goodness. He is kindness. He is faithful. He, um, you know, is just obedient, even onto the cross. He uh, loved, loves his enemies. He, um, you know, just all the things that you can think of when you think of Jesus and how perfect, holy, righteous he is. And that is his piece of paper. And then you look at your piece of paper and you're like, oh my gosh. And you look at his piece of paper. You're like, wow, you're amazing. I can never live up to that standard. Right? Well, here's what happened at the cross. I want you to picture now that these pieces of paper are bank accounts. Okay. And your bank account is like negative a million dollars. Like you're like, I'm never going to be able to pay this off. Like I, you know, I have, a, a, I'm in, my balance is negative a million dollars. I owe it no matter what. And I'm never going to pay this off. I have, I, there's just no way I can pay this off. And here's Jesus. He's like positive, you know, trillion dollars. All right. I'm just giving for visual. So he like, he's like got this bank account, you know, he makes Donald Trump or, uh, I don't know, Gates. I don't even know who all the, whoever all the multi-billionaires are, or whatever. He makes them look like they're impoverished because his bank account is so full. Right. And so here's his bank account. It's full of holiness, righteousness. It's all positive. It's amazing. And here's your bank account. It is so negative. It is so 
um, overbearing. It is so um, even depressing to think about how am I going to pay that off? How would I ever make that up? And here's, you know, what Christ did at the cross. He exchanged bank accounts with you. He handed you his bank account and he took your bank account and he paid it all off for you. He took all that sin, all that negative, all those things that should have sent you to hell. And he exchanged his bank account and handed it to you and said, here, here's my gift to you. Your debt is paid in full. And you now have my bank account. Like you literally, it's not just that he paid your debt off. He literally transferred, if you will, his holiness and his righteousness to you. As he took on your sin and your debt on himself. What makes this so freeing is, well, one, your debt's paid off, right? There's no condemnation in Christ now. We don't have to fear. It, it says there, you know, perfect love. What's perfect love? Christ on the cross casts out all fear. I don't have to fear judgment now. I can die knowing that I'm going to stand before a holy God, fully clothed in Christ's righteousness and be entered into all of eternity with my father. So that's what, I mean, there's so many things, but it says that, you know, we are clothed in Christ. We are clothed in his righteousness. We are clothed in his holiness. It is him. So we are positionally called positional sanctification, which we'll talk about that on later episodes, positional sanctification. You are positionally made holy. So you are holy to the father. That's why you can go boldly to the throne room of grace day and night, because you're going in through Christ in his substitutionary atonement that he did on the cross, because he imputed all of his righteousness and holiness to you. And you're, he took upon himself, the sin that you had was imputed to him at the cross. And so what I, why this is so freeing, let me get back to that point. Why this is so freeing sister is because we still wrestle with the sin that dwells within us. Romans 7. We do the things we don't want to do. We don't do the things we want to do. Now, listen, we should not be living in habitual sin. If we are born again, blood-bought, born again, redeemed children of God, you know, then we've had a transformed life. We've had a transformed walk with sin. But we still mess up. We still are being sanctified. We're still getting things worked out of us. And so often... You know, when we are really, we love God. We, he says, be holy for I am holy. That is our standard. God cannot lower his standard just because you can't meet it. His standard stays the same. Be holy. He's holy. Be holy as he is holy. And so that's our standard. And so every day I wake up and I'm like, help me be holy because you're holy. You know, I want to walk this out, but I still carry around this body of death. I still carry around this tent that is dying. I am not fully redeemed yet as far as this body has not been redeemed. So I still carry around the body of death. Though it is not me who live, it's Christ who now lives in me. I still battle sin. 
every day of my life. And so there are going to be days where you blow it, man. You have just really, you just did something, said something, were a part of something that you thought you would never do again. You thought, man, I wouldn't, I will never participate. Oh, I would never talk like that. Oh, I would never blah, blah, blah. I'm born again. I'm a Christian now, you know? And then all of a sudden the devil snares you up. He's, he tempts you, you fall for it. You're snared and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I do that? And then you start beating yourself up. You start condemning yourself. You start walking in this shame and this, um, like, am I even saved or whatever, you know? I mean, it's always good to self-examine, but not listen we're all going to do really stupid stuff in this walk we are on a sanctification road a progressive sanctification where we are growing from glory to glory being perfected in the image of jesus christ and we are going to have really good days and we are going to have really bad days we're going to have really good moments and we're going to have really bad moments and what is so beautiful about the doctrine of imputation is that no matter how much you messed up today, no matter how much you messed up yesterday or last week or how bad you're going to mess up tomorrow, this, all of his bank account was already imputed to you. You're walking around with a full bank account. You're walking around with holiness and the righteousness of Christ imputed to you. You can't lose that. God doesn't, love you less because you had a really bad day. Now, again, I'm talking to believers. I'm not talking to somebody who's not a true born again believer. If you're truly born again, you don't want to sin. Your sin grieves you. The things that you're doing is just like when you read Romans 7, where Paul's like, man, oh, I just want to get this body of death off me. Who will deliver me from this? I'm so tired of doing the things I don't want to do and not doing the things I want to do. And why I'm so tired of whistling. That's the heart of a believer. I want free from this and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. But what you don't have to do is sit in shame and sit in condemnation because you can rest in the imputation of Jesus Christ. Christ, it's already been taken and paid for by him for you. So even on your worst day, sister, on the, the worst thing you thought, man, I blew it. I did. I, wow. I want you to walk in the grace and mercy of God who loves you so much. He is not losing love for you. He's not, when you mess up, he's not, well, I love her a little less today. Did you just see what she did? He's eternal love. He is love. That's his very attribute. His essence, who he is. He's not falling more in love with you because you're being more obedient to him. Now, there's an expectation that obedience will bring about, you know, blessing. And, you know, obviously it brings deeper fellowship and more intimacy, but it's not going to make him love you more or less. And you're, you but still in the palm of your father's hands because of the imputation of Jesus Christ. And so you need to rest in that today. And even on your best day, this is what's so important. You've had a great day. You, you just, you got up 
early. You read your word. You worshiped. You prayed. You cooked breakfast for your family. You cleaned the house. You uh, you took a pie over to your neighbor. You fed a homeless guy. You, whatever it is you think makes it the best day for you. Like you, you know, I don't know. You spent all kinds of time with God. You were just this perfect little Christian that day. You still need the imputation of Jesus Christ. We need his imputation on our best day and our worst day. We rest in his imputation. We don't get haughty and self-righteous on our best day because the only reason why I was able to have a good day like that in the Lord was because of his imputation. Because he gave me the ability to walk in righteousness and holiness by the power of his Holy Spirit. I have overcome this day. I have overcome this hour. I have overcome this minute. It keeps me humble and resting in his imputation, but also on his, my worst day or my worst moment, my worst times, I can also have that same rest and go, man, father, I blew it. I messed that up. I'm so sorry. Thank you for the imputation of your son. Thank you that that sin was taken 2000, over 2000 years ago on the cross, that you chose me from the foundation of the earth. You knew when you chose me that you were going to, that I was going to have this day in my salvation. And totally blow it. And yet you chose me anyway. You love me anyway. You imputed Christ's righteousness to me anyway. And there is so much freedom in that, sister, because now you're free to just be free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now, if you have something that the Holy Spirit and you are working out, work it out with fear and trembling. Okay. Let's, you know, let's get it cleaned up. Get the word of God poured into you on that subject. Take the word of God and start speaking the word over that subject. Pray fast, you know, but don't be condemned. Don't walk in fear. Don't think your father doesn't love you. Don't think that you're somehow, you know, the black sheep of the family now because you just blew it. No, you rest in his imputation. You thank him for his grace and mercy that's new every single morning when you wake up. And you ask for the Holy Spirit. You just say, hey, Holy Spirit, I, I know that you conquered this. I know that I'm a, I am have victory in you, that I am an overcomer because I have you. I have the power to overcome sin. And so help me today overcome this sin. You know, whatever I need to do. Do I need to shut off my computer? Do I need to dismantle my internet? Do I need to, you know, you know, change my phone plan? Do I need to get a, some accountability? Do I need to be, you know, do I have a, a man or a woman that's, you know, older than me, that's discipling me, that's helping me walk these things out? Because we need that. We need one another. We're a family, you know, but don't walk in condemnation, walk in God's grace, love, and mercy, rest in the imputation of Jesus Christ. It was all taken at the cross, past, present, and future. That gives you the freedom to walk in the ways that God calls you to walk, to walk in the gifts that God has called you to walk in and to be who God's called you to be because you're not bound by shame and guilt and condemnation. You're free from that. But that is not, now this is the final thing I have to say because everyone thinks, oh my gosh, you just gave everybody a license to sin. Absolutely not, God forbid. God forbid we are free from sin. We are, our God is holy. I, and I will read Romans six about this because that's what, that's what they accused Paul of. They're like, man, you're, it's almost like you're giving people a license to sin in, in chapter five, because he's talking about the gift of righteousness. He's talking about 
this beautiful gift of grace that has been given to us that we don't earn it. We can't work for it. It's a free gift. You know, that it's given to anyone who repents and puts their faith in Jesus Christ and that we are made free from our sin. And so they're like, man, Paul, you know, what are you preaching here? And here's what he says. He says, whoa, wait a minute. What I'm saying is, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So you see, that's that same question. Well, gosh, Amy, now that you're teaching me this imputation of Jesus Christ and you've showed me that no matter what, I'm forgiven, that I can rest in this imputation, that I can walk in grace and I don't have to be all condemned. Because it makes our flesh feel better if we can like beat ourselves up, right? If we can like go into some aesthetic worship, like I'm going to fast for 30 days and I'm going to beat myself on the back and I'm going to go crawl up on a cross and crucify myself because my sin. No, stop it. That's all been done. You know, that false humility and self-righteous, that's self-righteousness and prideful to think that you can somehow rectify it. It's already been rectified. Christ did that for you. But here's, so that's what they were kind of accusing Paul. Like, what are you saying then? That we should just sin so that grace abounds even more so that we can, we can glory. We can give more glory to the imputation of Jesus Christ. So we just sin more. He's saying, come on guys. That's not what I'm saying. Certainly not. I mean, he has an explanation point there. Certainly not. Are you kidding me? How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So we need to take the sin very seriously in our life and say, whoa, yeah, I messed up, but let's work on that. Why did I do that? What is it in my heart that still needs worked out? What is it that's going on in my life? What is it that I'm still tolerating that that sin was even able to be birthed out? And let's take care of that. But we're going to take care of that with the triune God, with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And knowing that they love us and we can have joy and peace while we're working it out because we have peace with the Father now. And that's the difference. That's where the freedom comes in. I don't have to sit there and beat myself up every day. I'm not a sinner. I'm a saint. I'm a saint who still sins. Change your language, right? The Bible says you're a saint of God. I was, I once was, but I ain't no more. I was a chief sinner. But now I'm a saint who still transgresses at times. I still sin. I'm not sinless perfection. No one is. You never will be. That is heresy. Do not let anybody teach you that doctrine. That doctrine is heresy. But I am a saint of God now. It, Paul says it's no longer I who sin, but it's 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 that sin that still dwells in me that I'm battling. I live in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He says, man, it's not me that sins. It's that sin that still dwells in me and it grips my mind. Romans 7. I have a beautiful teaching of Romans that I will put up for you guys um, to uh, start going through. Because Romans 6, 7, and 8 brings so much freedom to you when you really learn it in context. And so I pray that this just brought you some freedom today. No, we don't go on habitually sinning. No, we don't make excuses for our sin. Absolutely not. But you also don't walk around shame, condemnation, sad and fear and worry and like, or me, look at me, I'm a loser. You're not a loser. God loves you. Eternally loves you. He tells you from the foundation of the earth, knowing that you were going to have a really bad day or a really bad week. Sometimes we just have really bad weeks. We have seasons. And we're just like, what is this? You know, but don't get complacent. 
you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, you know, don't get complacent, get around people, get in a good community, make sure you're in a Bible believing Bible teaching church that they're actually teaching the word, not, a, not fluffy Jesus. They're teaching the word of God, right? I'm here for you. And the our community is here for you if you need anything. So remember, our faith, what is it? It's crockpot faith. I'm going to say this every time. Because there's so many ministries out there that want to give, want to promise you instantaneous success, instantaneous deliverance, instantaneous this. We are not an instantaneous faith. The only thing that's instantaneous in this faith is your salvation. Your salvation, boom. When you repent, put your faith in Jesus Christ, and he comes and makes a home, and he puts the Holy Spirit in you, you are instantly saved. Boom, that's done. That's taken care of. But the the progressive sanctification, the next steps, the glory to glory, the being perfected in Christ, being matured in Christ, girl, that is a journey, and it takes a lifetime. And we are always growing, learning, you know, unpacking things. It is truly a pilgrimage. And when we just rest in that and say, you know what? I'm going to be sitting in a crock pot for a really long time being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. When we just reconcile our mind to that, that also brings freedom because you're not running around chasing the next deliverance or the next experience or the next this. You're Christ says, he who started a good work in you, he's going to complete it. He'll make sure he gets you across the finish line. But it's going to take a lifetime, whatever lifetime that is. That's already been ordained. God's already got that figured out. He knows your end from your beginning. So just rest, calm down. I know we all want freedom. <clears throat> I wanted freedom so bad in my early walk when I was battling post-traumatic stress disorder, panic attack. I mean, I wanted it so bad. But there were some things that needed worked out in me. And I am free today. And it was a journey and it's still a journey, but I mean, it was a journey getting free from those things. It took consistency in the word of God and the spirit of God and obedience to God. And it took his salvation. I mean, and it took other people loving me, being in a body. I love you guys. I don't want to ramble. So have a blessed day. You guys are awesome. I love you. Hope to get to know you better. God bless. I pray you enjoyed the teaching today. If God has blessed you in any way, then head over to the review section and leave five stars. I may just share your review right here on this podcast. Also, share this episode with anyone you believe will be blessed by today's teachings. If you want to connect with me and be a part of an amazing sisterhood of believers, then head over to our Facebook group. The link and all other links that I mentioned in this show today are in the show notes below. Just click on them and they'll take you where you want to go. As a reminder, be the church today, wherever God has you, shining the light and the love of Jesus. Y'all mean the world to me. Until next time.